0: Seated.
1: I'm going to uh, share the announcements at this time this morning to, in order to uh, make sure that they get on the uh, website for all that are listening that way. So uh, just uh, bear with me for a moment as we go through these. While we are open uh, there's been, you know, uh, due to the, you know, the change of the COVID dropping down a notch that allows us to come and, and worship together. Uh, we will need to kind of watch closely because this thing can change at a moment's notice. And they'll say that we're not to meet again. We're going to try to be open as much as possible. Uh, but we would suggest uh, and ask, please watch your emails uh, from the church to uh, see what's going on, uh, if there's any changes. And you can also get that information from the church website. So uh, hopefully uh, this is uh, the transition we've been waiting for, and we're going to be meeting together on a regular basis, person to um, person. We have missed this so much. And uh, while we're starting this new year, we are starting a read the th- read through the Bible program. So let's see, you should have read through verses, uh, chapters 1 through 3, 4 through 7, 7 through 11, right? So uh, 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 today's the third day, yeah. Uh, so Genesis, uh, we're starting the book of Genesis, and we, if, if you've done the reading up through today, you'll have read through chapter 11 of Genesis, and you'll have read Psalms 1, 2, and 3 and uh we want to encourage you to participate and while we're doing this we're going to be preaching each week from one part of that section uh, i think somebody panicked at one point and thought how's bob going to condense you know uh, a week's worth of reading into to one message he's having a problem condensing one day of reading into a message uh so just uh in Include that in your your daily uh, program. You can get the reading information and the outline and all of this on our website. And in addition to that, you'll find out there are videos available through their the the reading online program that we're using through their website that explain a lot of things as we go along. So take advantage of that if you have the opportunity. You maybe can't do it every time, but uh, it's, it's there and available for you as a tool, a resource to enjoy. So uh, those are the announcements I have to make today, and and uh, again, want to say thank you for being. Oh, I do have one more. Socks. I had to put it up here to remind me. Uh, people are, uh, we are still collecting the socks. We're going to do so through the rest of the month, and that way the opportunity to get them here. If you have, uh, and you're online listening to this, and you're not able to come to the services, and you have some socks or coats or something for the uh, rescue mission, give me a call, and we'll come by and get them. And uh, uh, again, this is such a special gift to these people. They really, really appreciate it. So uh, just let me know, and I will be glad to come and get get them. Uh, today, uh, our reading comes from the reading that we had on the first day and that's Genesis chapters one through three. Uh creation and the fall. And uh this I looked at this and I'm I'm thinking, How am I going to capsulize all of this in a in a in a one message? And then I realized that I only have to take a part of it to actually be the message. You've been reading it, if you've been following along and been reading. So, the focus of the message is going to come from Chapter three, but a quick overview. In Genesis chapter one, we have the the the, the words, "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth." And He did this by his word. He spoke these things into existence. This is the, the power of our God, the mightiness of our God. He spoke these things into to existence. But what I wanted to look at was the amazing thing in this one quick sentence. We have some uh, tremendous information, amount of information here. In the beginning, before this point, the word beginning, there was no time. It goes eternal. Back and forth, there was no time. So time begins when God speaks in, you know, the the world into existence, the universe into existence, the heavens and the earth. And so in the beginning, time starts. And when he says he creates the heavens, we now have space. And when he says he creates the earth, we now have matter. Time, space, and matter, the building blocks that we use for everything. And, and so, in the, in the beginning, he puts together the basic building blocks, and we'll go through and, and you'll see with where in comes light and all the other things that we need to, to live. It's an amazing thing, and it's in order. I, I just, I look at this and you think, you know, the scientists Come along, starting in the 15, 16, 1700s. Looking and they're thinking they're so phenomenal. Look what I figured out, you know. And here it was from the very start. We have a six-day creation. I believe in a literal six-day creation. I don't believe that it was over a period of, of six, you know, days. And people will think, "Well, the God a day is a thousand years, oh, maybe six thousand years or more." I believe in a literal six-day creation because He closes with it the first day, the second day, the third day. He talks about there was day there was evening and there was morning the first day. So uh we have uh that picture of, of God in six days creating this. And then there's a frequent phrase throughout all of this in the in, in the first chapter, and God saw that it was good. Keep that in your mind because that's really important to today's message. God saw that it was good. And with every, uh, thing in place, uh, finally after He creates man and woman, the chapter one is an overall view. He says, it is very good. God is looking at what has been created. He says it's good. It is very good. In chapter two, we have the more detailed account of creation of man and woman, Adam and Eve. And I'm not, gonna, again, going to go into great detail uh, of that. We, we, we know the, the, the sequence of things, most of us are there. And, again, if you're doing your reading, you know all about it. So uh, uh, I want to jump for just a moment out of order into Chapter 4 and come up with Cain and Abel. In chapter 4, verse 8, and we'll get into more, you know, in your reading, you'll see the detail. Cain rose up against his brother and killed him.
0: I wrote here, from it's very good to a murder. What happened? Chapter 3 happened. The entrance of sin. Verses 1 through 7.
1: The serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of the tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the servant said to the woman, You will surely not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delightful to her eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, She took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes were of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. What you have here is that that as as their eyes were opened, as they had eaten of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they, for the first time, understood, comprehended in their mind, in their heart, what evil was. And I, somebody says, well, how much evil did they understand? I'm one of the people that believes that man had full comprehension of things in, in, in this point, and And that Adam understood, Eve understood all the possibilities. Maybe they could see down the line and somehow... How men would corrupt the use of their bodies and, and all the things that, that are spoken of in Romans, uh, you know, and, and, and corruption of, of man. But they, they could see it. They knew it. They understood it. And all of a sudden, the fact that they were naked took on a meaning that it never had before.
0: Their eyes were opened. They understood
1: evil. They understood that it was missing the mark. Evil is missing the mark. I think you understand the idea of the word of sin, missing the mark. Bullseye, target. If you hit the bullseye, you've hit the mark. You're doing what you're supposed to do. Anything other than that is missing the mark. Whether you miss the mark by a, a, a small margin or you've missed the target completely, You missed the mark and that is sin. They understood missing the mark. And notice what their first attempt was to, to counteract this, to personally try to fix it,
0: to cover up.
1: Verse eight says they heard the sound of the Lord coming. By the way, this was, you know, by this is implied that this was a regular occurrence. Apparently, it appears to be a daily occurrence that God would come and walk with them. And and, and they would be together and have fellowship. They had hidden, they they had went and they hid from God. Uh, Verse 8, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Uh, 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 excuse me, from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And then the first of three questions that come. The Lord God called to the man and said, where are
0: you? I believe this
1: was a rhetorical question. It wasn't, you know, God is omniscient. He had nothing is hidden from him. He knew exactly where they were. We can't hide from God. We can ask the mountains to fall in on us. We we can't hide from God. There is no way. I think what he was coming to here was, where are you, was to kind of enter into your thinking of, yeah, where am I? Well, I'm hiding from you, God. But to understand, it, in other words, to, to come to some kind of
0: comprehension, I'm, I'm hiding from you, God. The thing that you see here, too, is that God comes after them. He seeks them out.
1: I I think that is a powerful, small thing that is said there that is often missed. God seeks out the sinner. He seeks us out. And he and and so he asks. They, they say hey, we were naked. We hid from you. And and in verses 10 through 11, he says, "Who second question? Who told you that you were naked?" Now I want you to think about this. Who told them they were naked?
0: Anyone want to volunteer an answer?
1: Now obviously I'm, I'm I'm setting you up. So think about it. who told them that they were naked. That's right. Nobody told
0: them; they just knew it. Ask the little kids,
1: and they get all excited. Satan and, and devil, you know. Whatever, you know, who told you were naked? Nobody. Their eyes had been opened. The knowledge of good and evil was in their hearts and minds, and so the, this the, this idea of of they were naked and that it was something that they they were now concerned about came from within, not from outside in, but from inside out.
0: This is why they were hiding.
1: What changed? The knowledge of good and evil. Their heart and mind now knows evil and all the possibilities.
0: Who told you you were naked? The next question. Have you eaten of the tree? Well, we know what happens
1: here. Look at chapter uh, three verses uh, uh, eleven through thirteen. Adam said, or God said, "Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat?" And the man said, "The woman who you gave to me."
0: She gave me, gave me fruit of the tree,
1: and I ate. Then the Lord said to the woman, What is that that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. We have the blame game. We didn't waste any time. We didn't get into that, did we? The first man, the first woman, no children yet. Uh, and we have the blame game. He made me do it. Or he caused me to do it. Or she caused me to do it. And notice Adam's response here was, the woman
0: you made. There's an implication that God, he's saying, God, you put me in this situation. You created her. Eve, she doesn't blame Adam, verse. She did give him the fruit to eat. So she says, it's the serpent. I can imagine the serpent for the moment was enjoying this very much. What I want to look at here is that
1: they both did come, though, to a statement that personalizes this. God, the woman you gave, and and then he says, I that is admission
0: I ate she didn't spoon feed it and push it down my throat
1: and and use a plunger to get it into my stomach I ate and she says the same thing I ate what God knew they had done they now confessed I ate I did what you told me not to do I missed the mark I sinned questioning is over, the consequences. I'm not going to go into detail about them today. Uh, here it's verses 14 through 19. And actually in a, a sermon a few weeks ago, I talked about some of this. Uh, the seed of woman coming up and uh, crushing the head of Satan. He would bruise the seed's heel, but Satan would... Uh, and, but uh, The the seed of woman would come up and crush his head. That's the first prophetic scripture in reference to the deliverance through Jesus Christ. And uh, I won't go into any other details on that this morning. Uh, Just uh, that that's in in that picture. Uh, What we're looking at here is that what is the true cost of sin? What is the true cost of sin? Somebody says, well. The the first thing, obviously, is is that I I lose fellowship with God. And that's obvious. Adam and Eve were what? Hiding from God. The, 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 The closeness, the fellowship, where they would have possibly run to meet him when they heard him coming, instead, they went the other
0: way. Sin causes us to
1: not look for God. To run away think of think of it as as, as in, in a a situation of children and 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 parenting you know the the, the child runs from the, the 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 sin that they commit the the missing the mark, something that they've done wrong that they know they're not supposed to do and and they go the other direction in the sense that they hide or they try to hide what they
0: did. And it
1: breaks a sense of bonding. It breaks a sense of fellowship. And so I was thinking, well, the the true cost of sin is the breaking of
0: fellowship with God. And that is part of it. But look at verse 22. In chapter 3. The Lord said, behold. The man has become
1: like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever, therefore the Lord God sent uh, sent him out of the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he
0: was taken,
1: lest he would grab of the tree. He loses the garden. He loses that closeness with God, that breaking of fellowship. But just before that, what did God do before they leave the garden? Look at verse 20. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. By the way, that gives you some insight. He calls her the mother of all living.
0: They don't even have children yet. Adam knows there's more to come, and the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin, and he clothed them.
1: Garments of skin. Where would the skin come
0: from? An animal. Some people would would say, possibly, a lamb.
1: I can't guarantee that, but the consistency through the scripture would imply it. But you could think about it and see that that could be a a conclusion you could
0: come to. The shedding of blood. Death is also part of the cost of sin. It's seen
1: over and over again in the Bible. Seen all through Leviticus and Numbers and and as God establishes a relationship with Israel.
0: In order for man to
1: be out from underneath his sin, there was the shedding of blood to cover
0: And it had to be done over and over and over
1: again. As man continued to to live, he continued to sin. And he needed to have the covering again and again and again.
0: Until the coming of Jesus
1: Christ. And his death on the cross. Remember John when he saw Jesus for the first time? What he said? Behold. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That was the the beginning in the sense of there was something that was going to change through the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Who takes away the sin of the world. Hebrews tells us his blood was a once and for all sacrifice. Never had to be done again. And so today when we we look at this, if we confess our sins, well, let's, let's look at this scripture. It's, it's 1 John uh, chapter uh, 1. John's writing, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. By the way, that in itself is a profound statement. In God there is no darkness at all. That means there's no shadow. The best lighting you can get, no matter what you do, you know, to try to erase shadows, somewhere there's going to be a shadow. And and in in God's this picture of God, there is no darkness at all. It's a powerful statement. If we say we have fellowship with God while we walk in darkness, we lie. And do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. His word is not in us. In other words, sin is a a part of who we are. In Romans,
0: we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin? Death. But God's free gift is eternal
1: life. Again, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world that comes through Jesus Christ. If we confess that we have sinned, and we believe that Jesus is the Lord, and and that God has raised him from the dead, Uh, Romans chapter 10 says, then we are saved. We are delivered from our sin. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I know that this is a lot to cover in just a few moments, but the reality is that sin entered the world in chapter 3. It broke the fellowship with God, and, and, it, and it brought about the, the reality of death. And God shows a, a picture, a, a, a prophetic picture of
0: the slain Lamb of God in order to clothe Adam and Eve
1: and cover them. Our sin is covered through Jesus Christ, the shedding of His blood and His death on the cross. But it doesn't end there. He is risen. And in His, uh, as, as the risen Lord, He comes to us and says, I have defeated death. I have conquered sin. If you will put your faith in me and trust in me, I will cover you. And we can rest in that truth that Paul writes in Romans 8.1 again.
0: There is no
1: condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Every time we take communion, we celebrate this. The fact that we are sinners, we have missed the mark. We can't point our finger at Adam and Eve in any way. We are guilty of our own missing the mark. And as a result, we need to confess our sins. We not only need to confess our sins, but we need to come to Him who will cleanse us from our sins and deliver us. So, if we confess, He says, "I am faithful and I am just. Now I will restore you to all righteousness." That's what happens when we confess our sins, and as we share in communion, the bread representing the body of Christ and the blood, the shed blood of Christ. This is what we 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 see.
0: And God covers us. I
1: I didn't uh, uh, check and and see. I I should have mentioned it earlier, but we have the communion packets out front, and uh, uh, there is in that communion packet is the uh, bread, and it's also the cup, and so if you didn't uh, get one of those, feel free to to uh, get up and go and get one now.